testimony I was picking up from on the healing center yesterday, as I'm sad, there's a man there who had uh, cancer that had spread to his liver. Is that right? <laughs> and um, he recently, he'd been at the healing center, he recently had a scan on his liver and uh, the doctors decided they'd show it to him. It's a bit tricky to read a scan if you're not medical. They said, what can you see? He said, I've no idea what I see. He says, well, what you can see is that your liver is completely clear. <laughs> and and this, this doesn't usually happen, is what we say. So, 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 yes, Jesus. So, and just again, so more than 40 people passed through the healing center yesterday. About 1,000 people a year pass through the healing center. It's a great thing. And it's there. I'm going to have a good time. Just to use it as a, not healing center, but time to encounter God and stuff. But every time, just hearing of stories of, of miracles going on. And it's, isn't it great? Great to be part of the kingdom of God. Um, what else has been happening? Oh, wasn't it a great encounter evening last Sunday evening? Who came, who came last Sunday evening? Oh, not many of you. You missed out. It was great. It was, it was really, I thought it was probably, again, I, I've been to a number, well, lots, to be honest, and, uh, but I thought it was another one of those significant moments. And um, I've been meditating around uh, the prophecy that I was preaching around a few weeks ago that Andy Merrick brought to us about um, God bringing in a revival to the southeast of the UK that was going to be like the revival of Noah, which was actually where not only did the rain came down, but the waters came up. And this, this, this duality of, of, of the presence of God descending upon us, but also the presence of God already within us. And it's one of those things I've been thinking about a lot. Um, and uh, so, and another thing that helped me, actually, we had a, a great time in the Apostles and Prophets about 10 days ago, Sarah Vaughan did a fantastic uh, teaching on mystics. Um, I think you're preaching at the end of May, aren't you? So, in the evening, so that's going to be fun. We're going to have, have fun. But uh, it was a, one of those times where God suddenly came in and we were elevated to another level. Um, and there was an anointing upon that. Something I've been looking for is actually how God, how we, we, we lift ourselves up into those realms of revelation. Um, and there's bits that we can do that, that prepare you for it, but there's bits that only God can do where he reveals things to you. You, know, you can get ready for revelation, but you can't give yourself revelation. If you could give yourself revelation, it wouldn't be revelation. <laughs> you, can't, you, you, you can't give yourself revelation, but you can make yourself ready for it. You, you, you prepare yourself to, to be a receiver of it. Just like with the, in the, you know, they built the temple to receive the glory of God but only God could could put his glory inside yeah um, so all these things have been buzzing around in my my brain um, and uh, so I've been thinking about what are called dual truths um, and uh, there are lots of dual truths aren't there in, in, in the Bible so it, it, God's sovereignty and our free will there's, there, there's the instant parts of Christianity and the bits you have to persevere for. Perseverance is, is an important part of Christianity. Um, I think we like the instant stuff. Broadly speaking, the instant is very appealing. And, and, and most, most of our testimonies probably, if I'm honest about it, at this moment in time are more around the instant rather than the celebration of the persevering. Which is why it's quite important with this, with this building. This building was a story of perseverance, not just instant. And, and one of the things that, I mean, I've talked to other church leaders around, 
And they say, did you have any big donations? They say, no, we just had a lot of people giving for many years. Well, not that many people. Not a huge number of people. We didn't have anybody pull out a million pound check. But we persevered and, and, and we built something and it, it, has a, it has strength to it because the instant is good, but it doesn't necessarily build in the same way. Is that making sense? There's a sense of what you have to do. Pursuing some some other ones that I'm thinking about. How about are are you content or are you discontent? Both probably, yeah. And I'm going to talk a bit about a bit more about that because I've been meditating on that, the, the secret of contentment. So, but so there's that sense of I'm at peace, I live at peace, but I'm eager for more, which is. You know, we sing songs, I'm desperate for you, which in one sense I am, but I'm not desperate. Does that make sense? Not, no, I'm not in desperation, but I, I'm expressing a desperation. How about blessings and challenges? They're the, they're the two sides. Good blessings and challenges. When's your faith most likely to grow? In the challenges. A lot of people say, yeah, I want more faith. (laughs) I I love to have, I love to have, people say something, I love to have faith like yours, Pete. I said, hmm. (laughs) Would you like the same challenges? I remember Julian Adams, my friend Julian Adams, said that he's quite, he's got a really strong prophetic gift and he gets a lot of people come up to him and say, could you pray for me to have your anointing? He says, you don't know what you're asking for. Are are you ready to face the challenges that I face? Remember when um, the disciples said, we want to sit at your right hand. And Jesus said, can you drink of my cup? And, uh, you know, when we follow Jesus, it's amazing, isn't it? But what what I do know is that that what what we're firstly promised, if you... If you want to pursue a life of holiness, is that you will you will experience persecution, opposition. It's not it's not just a one way one way street. So I'm trying to put all these things together in my mind. How about being confident in your faith, confident in your faith, such that I know I know I can heal the sick, I know I can perform miracles, and yet I have to marry that up with being completely dependent upon God. Because once if that's just confidence in in myself then that's wrong confidence. But if I don't have that confidence, I say, well, it's only all down to God, then I'll never get on and do what I've been called to do. So, so there's this sense of I'm confident in God, but actually that confidence translates to I'm actually I'm confident in me, in God. Which is why getting rid of this false humility is such, a, such an important thing. Whereas this I'm nothing, it's only Jesus, it's not true. Jesus didn't, wasn't only Jesus, Jesus called 12 disciples. He didn't want it to be just Jesus. Jesus could have done the just Jesus show. He didn't, he didn't choose to do the just Jesus show. He chose to do the disciple show. How about studying the Bible alongside Revelation? Do you love studying the Bible? I love studying the Bible. And sometimes people say, well, what do you get out of it? I don't know. Sometimes I just... Studying it, just getting it, 
just enjoying it, just doing it. Well, what did God teach you? So sometimes I don't know. It's not, it doesn't necessarily have to have that as an outcome. That makes sense. Sometimes being with him is, 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 is a good enough reason. But actually, when I do that, basically it prepares me. I've got a landing pad for revelation of truth. Because actually, revelation that doesn't land on that landing pad is likely to, to have... Uh, well, it's likely to more go the ways of error. So, so, so that all these, what I'm talking about, lots of disciplines. And then Philippians chapter 4, it says this in verse 11. Um, Patrick might get it, doesn't matter if you don't, Patrick. It says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. And uh, so what I want to just throw some ideas out and thoughts, really, because this is not still, it's it's forming in my brain. But I want want you to to start to think about the secret of contentment. It says that Paul learned the secret of contentment. It wasn't that he he, he didn't get it through an anointing in one sense. He learned it. And how he learned it, I'm not quite sure. But I, I would suggest he learned it through lots of circumstances. He said... I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Well, if you want to learn the secret of being content in any and every situation, you have to be in any and every situation. Because you don't know you can be if you're not. Does that make sense? So he says in plenty and in need, all these sorts of things. And I've got a feeling this this is really important because one of the secrets of contentment is I'm content... But I'm eager for more. So there's another um, in Philippians chapter 3. It talks about this. I've been studying Philippians just recently. It says, not that I've already obtained all this. It talks about actually all sorts of things that he's got from Jesus. Or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. This, this, this sort of ongoing passion to keep pressing on following Jesus in pursuit of who he is and his purposes. And um, it's one of those strange things where you've got this, this absolute desire to keep pressing on for more, and yet you live with this extraordinary peace inside. It's not, it's not, I'm, so I live internally at peace with an external focus and desire to change the world around me. And Martin Steele just came up and he said, look, you know, we, the world is, 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 has some desperate need at the moment, doesn't it? You know, if you just take this nation, there's, there's all sorts of stuff. So, so the problems going on, you know, with basically murders in our capital city. There's a problem. And I was listening on, I was listening to radio as I was driving around and, and nobody seemed to have a good answer. There are problems right on our doorstep, literally. And we have to be those who actually can bring solutions. And I need to find God in those. But actually, I, I, I don't know if you can... Can you look at the news and not get troubled in your soul? That's, that's, that's an interesting question, because sometimes you can overdose on news. Most of the news you'll watch on the television isn't good news. But you do need to be informed. There's a sort of, I'm going to 
isolate myself from, from the realities of the world. Now, I don't saying you've got to watch the TV news or, or whatever news, and there are seasons in life, but we do need to be aware of the world around us, don't we? So, I want to get something out and show you something. Um, I've got two identical cans here, okay? Um, apple ties, I thought it was healthier than Coke. I normally do this with Coke, Coke cans, but I thought, be on my, I'm going to make you feel thirsty now. So I'm going to just pour that out. Quite like appetizer. See if we get it all in there. Okay. Now, big owl. Come up here. <laughs> this is big owl. With your hand only, crush that can. You're not getting very far, are you? Okay. Who can I think of? Ooh. Leslie, come up here. Come and stay here, Val. Stay here. I just want to compare the two. Stand next to him. Stand there. Stand there. Now, I want you to crush that with your hand only. Cool. Wow. Wow. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Thank you. I've used this illustration many, many times. What's, what, what's the difference? Yeah. One's empty. See, this, this has an internal pressure that resists external pressure. This has no internal pressure, so it's easily crushed. And the Bible talks about being hard-pressed but not crushed. Hard-pressed but not crushed. See, this is hard-pressed. Al did try. He wasn't faking it. Where it was not... See, I, I'm going to, I could try this. I, I, hard pressed, not crushed. Why? Its internal reality is stronger than the external reality. The, this, this one, its internal reality is weak. And so it is crushed by somebody as mega strong as Leslie. Not pick on you, Leslie, but you see the point. What's the point? The point is that you have this power inside you. Who, who do you have inside you? You've got the Spirit of God inside you. You know, we, you just, we've sung that song, So Will I. Isn't that, that is just an amazing song, isn't it? Yes. You breathe it, you said the word, you know, galaxies come into place, you know, all the creatures come to life. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's inside me. That is, that is a staggering truth, is, is it not? Is, is it enough for you? Or, oh no, you should see, you should see the world I live in. Well, the world you live in is, is actually the same as everybody else's world. Broadly speaking. I know there are individual circumstances, but the key, key, key to whether you, you, you stand firm is actually your internal reality, not the external pressure. And I want you to be extremely confident in this, of who, who is inside you. And as I said earlier, we really haven't got much else to offer. Now, we could have the greatest music going on here, you know. We have great music. We have great plans, great administration, great videos, you know, great this, that, and the other, coffee downstairs, da 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 great cafe. Unless God's here, we, we, we will be crushed. But if God is in us, nothing can crush us. 
And this is, this, is, this is really important. The secret of contentment is not anything to do with your external reality. Okay? This is, this is really important. The secret of contentment has got nothing to do with your external reality. It's got everything to do with your internal reality. You see, you've got a peace that passes all understanding available to you. And um, so the, the Bible talks about things that we need to do actually to stop ourselves being limited and restricted. So, again, something else I've been thinking about is the, the issue of um, strongholds. Now, the, the Bible talks about strongholds as things that basically have a stronghold on you. It, it's, it's very easy to work out what a stronghold is. Okay? It's something that has a strong hold on you. It's not more complicated than that. And if something's got a strong hold on you, it can't, it will, uh, it'll, uh, limit how much you can do because you can't go where you want to go because it's going to hold you back, hold you tight. So how do you demolish strongholds? What does the Bible say? Well, it tells you very clearly in the book of Corinthians that this is how you demolish strongholds. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. <laughs> so it says, before that, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So it says, We've got divine power to demolish strongholds. And we say, Oh, yes, yes. How's that going to happen? You take every thought captive. Oh. I'm saying for something a bit more anointed than that. <laughs> Just pray for me to have an anointing. and I'll, yeah. No, it doesn't work like that. It really doesn't. Um, what goes on between your ears is, is key to your freedom. Now, the Holy Spirit is inside you. He's, he's free. He's, he's extremely free. His freedom is never limited. Yeah? And he's interacting with your spirit and he wants to flow through you because you've got a river of living water. Okay? What's going to stop the flow? Well, strongholds, which are poor thinking. Okay, so, so the, the passage about contentment is actually preceded by actually uh, in Philippians chapter 4 is... is Think about this stuff. Think about the good stuff. Think about the noble stuff. Think about anything that is praiseworthy. Anything that is excellent. Think about these things. These things. There's a discipline of mind that you have to develop. And, and the Bible tells, tells us to worship with our minds. One of the ways you worship with your mind is, is you, you, you dwell upon the praiseworthy. Not, not necessarily the newsworthy. There's a difference. I'm aware of the news, but I don't dwell upon it. My, my brain is trained, I've trained my brain to be, be, be <clears throat> full of the praiseworthy, full of the noble, full of the good things, which is why actually you know, starting with good news is, is so important. And there's a discipline that we need to, it, it, of, of taking those thoughts captive because, again, it's something I've been thinking about a lot recently, is, is, the, the, there's nothing can stop me having a river in fly, inside me. Yeah? It's there. It's, it's, just, it's, it's true. But... What, what can happen is that the devil will try and throw rubbish and rocks in my, my, the stream of my river to stop it flowing to get outside. 
If you're born again, you're born again, you're born again. You can't not be born again. You can't not have the Holy Spirit inside you. He's inside you. But, but what the devil will try and do is stop him flowing externally to, to, to impact the world around you. And when he stops impacting the world around you, it stops you as well benefiting from it. Because actually there's a, there's a passage between your spirit and your, your soul, your mind, your well, that, that emotional well-being. If that flow of the spirit's not going, then you will, you will struggle with your, your, your emotional well-being. And you're far more likely to end up as the crush can than the full can. You know, in the same passage in Philippians, contempt says, don't be anxious about anything. And I go on about this a lot, but I find a lot of people think that's just wishful thinking rather than biblical truth. I wonder, this is a massive, massive stronghold that I've identified that people think, I, 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 they look at me as if, with this sort of blank expression as if I'm a bit nuts. As, as if I've detached myself from reality. Yeah. It's, seriously, look, most people think I'm detached from reality when I say you don't have to be anxious about anything. You go, oh, come on. They give me a look. I know they might not say it, but they give me a look. <laughs> you, should, you should see my life. No, 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 there's a different life. So I'm going to encourage you to, to have a look at Philippians 3 and Philippians 4. <clears throat> and what I want you to do is also, is actually, I want you to, to take hold of the opportunities of when the rain of God is, is, is pouring down. Because, again, I'm trying to meditate upon this because it's, it's, it's strange things. I thought, okay, got, got, out, got in, got a river, why do I need the rain? Rain replenishes rivers. I got that this weekend. I thought, ah, got it. <laughs> no rain, no river. Broadly speaking, do you understand? In, in the natural. So, so, ah, I need those times where I put myself deliberately in the rain of God to replenish my river. That's why I, I came along to the encounter evening. Oh, Sunday. Oh, brilliant. Great time. Went around every station, got my feet washed. It was fantastic. <laughs> if you've never had your feet washed in a worship contest, I would suggest you do. It's one of the most profound experiences you can have. Imagine Jesus washing your feet. Just imagine it. That's what he did to his disciples. Imagine Jesus washing your feet. It's a profound encounter. I was sitting in the tent over here where they had sort of fans blowing with wind of God coming out. Yes, and I'm in the wind of God. I, I, I'm going to encourage, really I'm going to encourage you to, to, to make sure you take advantage of the opportunities around you of, of getting into the places where you experience the rain of God, the wind of God. I, I say the healing centre is a phenomenal place. I just walked in yesterday. I think, wow, my goodness, it's wonderful in here. <laughs> Why? Because there's a, an atmosphere that's been created that, and is deliberately created. Every time that goes on, you just walk into the, the presence of God. It's beautiful. It's there. Come and use it. Um, Sunday evenings. We've got some encounter evenings coming up on Sunday evenings, haven't we, Tim? Yeah, months of term. Months of term. There we go. So what, look out for those on, on the things. So, um, so what I'm trying to say is that, 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 that don't be passive about the rain. Essentially, you think, oh, is that God's going to reign sovereignly? It's going to happen sovereignly? No. Yes, it might do, but you might not put yourself in it. So I remember when um, I was in Bethel, 
which year was it with Glory Cup? Was it 2011? Al, Al, Alan and Di Cass were in the same meeting. We were in the same room, and Glory Cloud just in the room. And it was quite extraordinary. You can actually go on YouTube and see the videos of it. It went on for about four hours. And I was in a section of the room, uh, and my daughter Kerry was, was with me, um, or I was with her, whichever way around, since she was doing school over there at that stage. And, and we, we were looking across at the room, actually, where it was happening. But actually, Al was in the bit where it was happening. <laughs> and in the end, I thought, you know what? I don't want to just be a spectator. Because I, I was amazed. I thought, I, I need to get in it. So we deliberately moved and in it. I'll tell you what, being in it was a different experience. Because you could actually taste it. You know, we said taste and see that always I've tasted. You could actually, t- it, it tasted metallic. Didn't it? It got on you. It just. Now, I could have been a happy spectator with a story to tell. Al was in the cloud, I saw him there. <laughs> and he came out all sparkly. Or, I was in the cloud. Who, who, who waited in the tent of meeting longer than Moses did? Joshua. Who led the people of Israel into the promised land? So, there you go. There's some ideas for you. So, this is, uh, I would suggest to you, worth looking at, worth re- reading the book of Philippians. This week's not too difficult a task. It's only four chapters long. You should be able to manage it. It's, uh, but, um, read it, meditate on it, and then actually start to to talk to God about it. And I want you to make a deliberation that you will set your mind towards this one thing. To know his presence and see his glory. Yeah? Would that be good? Not just for ourselves, but, but for the world that lives around us. So we you stand and we're going to pray? I want you to choose to put yourself in the reign of God. If necessary, take down your spiritual umbrella. Allow yourself to be drenched in his presence, in his goodness, in his glory. Father, we give ourselves, we prepare our hearts and minds so we are ready for you. That song said it, we're ready for you. Wow! Come and do what only you can do. Spirit of God, we ask you to rain down upon us. Thank you, Jesus.